0: It's time for another episode of Mainly Modifieds, where ground pounders and northeast speed freaks come to get their radio fix on. Let's join the Race Chaser Media crew in the studio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Mainly Modifieds. I'm Tom Baker from Race Chaser Media. Kyle Souza will be along with me here in just a little while, and we've also got a very special interview lined up with Timmy Salamito that Kyle had a chance to get uh, over the weekend and looking forward to bringing that to you as well. want to thank you all for joining us on this episode. And uh, we realize obviously that uh, the greater New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, New England area, uh, a lot of that area so hard hit by this virus and uh, just want to extend our wishes to everyone up there that uh, you're all safe and doing what you need to do in order to keep yourself and your family that way. Uh, We are also locked down here in North Carolina until April 30th, but we are doing our best to keep these shows going in order to uh, kind of add some entertainment, some racing content, um, especially while things are uh, down on the racetracks but um, of course long after we get going with the racing part of the uh, 2020 season we uh, will still be here every week and uh, keeping you updated on everything that happens there as we get started this week as i mentioned we do have an interview with timmy salamito and again timmy right down in uh the hotbed right now or the epicenter for uh, the coronavirus and so Uh, He and his business certainly being affected by it uh, in one way or another, and Kyle asked him about that. So without further ado, let's um, hear from Timmy Salamito, and Kyle Souza will be joining us right after that. Well, we're catching up
1: with Timmy Salamito, a uh, regular on the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour over the last few years, a former regular at the Riverhead Raceway, uh, and a NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour winner uh, with Flamingo Motorsports and Eric Sanders. So we'll get to the tour in a second. Timmy, I want to welcome you to the program uh, and start by talking about the offseason. Obviously, the uh, coronavirus pandemic affecting a lot of us in the racing community. You, though, uh, with Racing Wraps and, and your company that uh, does some graphic design, some race car wrap stuff like that, how are things going in New York? Obviously, one of the hot spots for coronavirus, uh, and you're still trying to get some wraps done and some signage work done for your business.
2: Yeah, certainly. You know, it's uh, Corona's kind of crazy out out my way here right now. I mean, um, you know, you go to the grocery store or even deli and you sneeze the wrong way and everyone's looking at you. you know, so, uh, kind of a wild time, but uh, it actually helped me us out a little bit right now. I mean, it gave me a little bit more time, a few more orders, you know, guys that were last minute to get some stuff done. I've been reaching out to uh, Raptor cars and whatnot, so looks like we're going to end up with uh, somewhere around forty cars this year before uh, the drop of the green flag for the first week, which is good. Last year, throughout the entire season, we did forty-three cars, so um, you know we got forty before the, the drop of the green, which I'm pretty proud about. and uh, We've been uh, working working pretty hard down at the shop.
1: So your work uh, also extended you a little bit. Let's talk a little bit further back in the off season when you ran uh, the indoor series, um, and you know running some of those races, you've run well you've run not so well you've had trouble qualifying you've qualified really well for some of these indoor races uh in the past but you had a really nasty wreck uh at one of the indoor races uh over the winter uh you got a concussion you were you're obviously pretty vocal about that on social media how how things were going with that how your recovery was just kind of take me back through that uh, getting in a wreck indoor is a little bit different than it is outdoor and obviously the I guess you call it the repercussions from the wreck uh, took you a little bit to, to recover from it
2: yeah certainly you know um, you know racing the indoor series is, is obviously very difficult you know uh, they get 40 to 50 cars show up for 20 starting spots you know so um, you know towards the end of last year we, we finally started running better but uh, you know I, I finished third the one night and seven juice was second with a couple laps to go on ended up with a flat the night after so we had started running better and then we went to Allentown for the start of this year. Um, you know, we were, I don't know, fifth to 10th in practice, you know, speeds, which was, you know, we were pretty happy about, um, qualified through the B main. We ended up winning it, um, and, uh, got into the race and, and, you know, felt strong about our car. We were moving up through the field on the outside and, uh, somebody had just spun, and, um, a gentleman in front of me ended up, you know, swerving to miss it, and missed it. I jumped his right rear tire. um, Got banged up pretty good. I mean, in 22 years of racing, I don't think I've ever, you know, gotten to a crash that violent. You know, the my head ended up, you know, hitting the roll bar or whatever, and I, you know, I got knocked out. But you know, as an athlete or you know anybody, you know, in sports, you know, you don't want to admit that you know you got hurt. But you know, I think often often concussions are swept under the table. You know, as far as drivers, and you know, you just get back on you know, in the seat and go race, and, you know, we don't really think about, uh, you know, our our own health. So um, I did take some time away. I missed Atlantic City, and uh, obviously Syracuse got canceled with the coronavirus, but, um, you know, it took me eight weeks to recover. Um, I was going to three doctors uh, three times a week. So Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I had uh, three appointments. Uh, physical therapy, chiropractor, and, and the neurologist. So they kept a close eye on me. Uh, I had to uh, do some testing and whatnot for my vision and, and everything else. But, um, you know, back to 100%, working full-time at the business, feeling feeling good. So the month of January is pretty stuff on me between doctors and trying to keep the business afloat and guys working and everybody going. So uh but like I said, back to hundred percent, uh definitely pretty wild. You know, you, you crash in these big modifieds, and you know, the car takes most of the impact. Uh, you know, you, you crash in a you know an indoor midget and unfortunately the guy driving the car is uh he used he's the point of impact. So um
1: definitely got shook a little bit, but uh, you know, nonetheless, uh, ready to get back at it. Well, glad you hear you're feeling better and recovered from that. I mean, those indoor races are, are their own animal. Does that kind of help you at all? Uh, you did not run down at New Smyrna this year for the World Series of Asphalt with the modifies. Does that kind of help kind of move the off-season along? But, but more importantly, does it help any at all with, with just kind of getting back in, in some sense of a race car over the winter?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think any racing that you can obviously do helps. You know I mean? Even like right now with uh, everybody racing on iRacing, I mean, Anything that helps with your hand-eye coordination and uh, you know keeps you sharp, uh, you know mentally, um, is certainly going to help. I think you know. I mean, racing, you know, you use a lot of a lot of senses while you're racing. You know, you gotta you gotta have common sense for one, and you know you have to have you know really good hand-eye coordination, um, you know, to obviously put yourself in the right position. So I think any of that stuff really helps. Um, you know, I'm a racer at heart, so I want to race as much as possible when I can. So. Um, the indoor series is definitely cool. The Salmons, the family, they do a really great job with it. Uh, it's really competitive. Um, you know, what, what I like about it is there's really not many rules. Um, you know, you show up with a car that you you put together and ideas that you thought of, and okay, we think we outthought the, the competition. You know, now in, in NASCAR, you don't really see that much. You know, you, you buy the car out of the box, you assemble it, and you, you go race, and you know, it's almost like. The, the modified now, if you're not throwing you know tens of thousands of dollars out it, you're not really running up front you know you need certain shocks, you need this, you need that you know it's, uh the the modified series has certainly changed over the last couple of years, and uh you know the the price point of it has just kind of kind of gotten out of control so um you know it's it's enjoyable to go through these indoor races where you know there's a little bit more ingenuity to it and you know you you uh you could really do what you want to do and and try and the competition.
1: Well, Timmy, the other news of the offseason here coming recently, I know amid the, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, obviously the passing of Wade Cole uh, kind of shocking all of us in the racing community here over the last couple weeks. Uh, what did Wade uh, mean to you? I mean, I know you guys raced each other on the Modified Tour for a while. You've been watching him race since you were really young. Uh, I'm sure he came to Riverhead when you were there as a kid. Um, that's how long he had been around. And obviously one of the guys in the garage that everybody really had a, a good relationship with.
2: Oh, absolutely! You know, uh, Wade, no matter what, would always come up to me every week, say hello. Um, You know, ask me how things were going. Uh, Just a a genuine guy. You know, I mean, Um, he didn't do it for uh, you know for the likes on Facebook. He didn't do it for the the social media. He, you know, he went out there because he was a racer and he enjoyed working on race cars. And um, you know, you knew every week when you showed up that that 33 car was going to be in the in the pit area and ready to go racing. So. um, you know, the guy had a passion for the sport. He didn't care what it took, uh, open truck, all the way down to Bristol. You know, what I mean, the guy, you know, he didn't care. He he was there to race, and he didn't care if anybody was coming with him. You know, he was his own picker at most of the places. You know, I mean, you'd go, he'd walk by, and there'd be maybe a handful of people helping him out, and that was it, you know. Um, but. Yeah, you know, don't, you don't see that in the sport anymore. And, um, uh, you know, to get that news was uh, pretty tragic. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll race this year in his memory. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, we we'll make him proud as, as a whole on the Well-Modified Tour. You know, every individual that race.
1: Well, Timmy, uh, obviously going to miss Wade and everything that he's... Uh... Brought to the wheel and modified tour. Let's talk about the modified tour. Uh, as I mentioned, that last couple years uh, you've been driving for Eric Sanderson, Flamingo Motorsports. You got your first win. Uh, remember that day back at Thompson a couple years ago. Had a lot of wins with them. Some strong runs. A really strong year. Uh, year a couple years ago. Uh, and then for those who are not aware, obviously Flamingo Motorsports, Eric Sanderson deciding that they were going to step away. Uh, Eric retired from modified tour car ownership uh, at the uh, Napa Fall Final and the. Sonoma World Series the last two races of last year he announced that around that time uh, and Timmy you competed in your last race for him kind of talk to me about what that's been like how that kind of moved the off season along to the point where we'll talk about in a second but you've got your own equipment uh, to run in 2020 but uh, Eric meant a lot to you and really obviously gave you the opportunity to compete for him and win races uh, for multiple years
2: yeah you know absolutely I started out my career on the whale modified tour really with Wayne Anderson um, you know, a local, you know, local guy won uh, a championship on the on modified tour, I think, in 94. Um, you know, and, uh, we, we ran competitively and ran well with Wayne. And then, uh, you know, I met Fly and, and Eric towards the end of, the, of my rookie season, you know, just in passing. Um, actually, you know, a couple of years before that, Ryan, Priest, and myself actually had a really uh, hard fought race at Riverland. um You know, we just showed up as a local regular. We qualified on the pole and we left like 175 last Where Priest ended up getting biased and we ended up third that night. You know, and I just uh, i walked over after the race was over and I shook Ryan's hand and I shook Sly's hand and, and uh, you know, I. I congratulated him and and left it at that so uh I finished my rookie season on the tour and and uh I was unsure what our plans were for the for the next season coming up and I didn't really have too many things in cement and uh you know Ryan had uh had stepped away from the sixteen team and um you know long story short a couple phone calls going back and forth and the next thing you know uh you know Sly was texting me asking you know what my thoughts were for for moving forward so um they asked me if I could come up there for a meeting on a on a Monday. I actually told my job, I'm like, yeah, I got, I am sick, I, I can't come in. I got on the first ferry, and uh, I drove up there and met with them. You know, and it was crazy. I kind of just walked in uh, to Eric's office and he, I sat down and he looked at me and he goes, so you want to drive our car? You know, so I said, yeah, you know, I'm I'm, I'm interested in, in running for you guys. So he goes, all right, well, great. You know, sounds good. It's a, it's a deal. You know, so he reached his hand out over the desk and shook my hand, and I said, you don't want me to sign no papers or anything like that? And he said, nope. He goes, nope. I goes, I'm a handshake guy. He goes, if I tell you this is what I'm going to do, he goes, I'm a stand-up guy. That's what I'm going to do. I said, okay, no problem. You know, and for five years, I mean, that's the way we raced. You know, it was, uh, it was fun. You know, we went out, we competed. You know, the first year we struggled a little bit, learning each other, and, you know, we went out the second year and we won four races. We went out the third year and won five races and almost won the championship. You know what I mean? um. You can't really ask for much more than that. I had a, a great car owner, a great team, um, you know, great guys behind me, and, and uh, you know, we set out to do what we wanted to do. I mean, granted, we struggled the last two years, um, you know, not having the runs that we wanted to have, and, uh, you know, I mean, I think everybody was frustrated, but, um, you know, that happened. So, you know, fast forwarding to this year, you know, I, I purchased my, our own equipment, my dad and I, and uh, a couple sponsors put some money together to put a car together, and um, you know, up until the last couple of weeks, I mean, our plan was to run as many races as we could, you know, uh, depending on funding and uh, the economy, obviously, with my own business. But, uh, you know, nobody really knows what the future is going to hold. I mean, as of right now, we're, we're still planning on, you know, five to eight races, maybe 10, depending on how business is and how, uh, you know, we get some marketing sponsors. But, you know, as of right now, obviously that, that end of it's kinda of slowed with the you know, the whole pandemic, so we're kinda of on hold for right now, but the car's built and ready to go and uh you know, all the parts and pieces are in place, you know, we're just trying to get some last things last minute things finished up. <laughs>
1: So, Timmy, this is obviously going to be a different venture for you, uh, and not one you're unfamiliar with. You run a family car at Riverhead. You've done, you've done this style of racing before, um, with the family, but this obviously, uh, and I think you'll admit it is going to bring some new challenges for you, uh, on this level of the modified tour to run. Um, are there specific challenges that you've been looking at that you think you guys have solved or, or things you're just not sure if you're going to need to do in order to, to be successful and run up front?
2: thing Is uh, I want to get back to going out there and having fun, you know. Uh, you know, sometimes you get wrapped up in it, uh, you know, where it, it becomes more of a job than it is fun, you know. So, um, you know, first things first, we're looking to bring back the fun and, and have a good time. Um, uh, you know, our biggest thing is going to be finding the right help as far as pit crew guys and guys on pit road, but you know, that's always tough to do, uh, when you only really run a part time schedule. So, um, you know, we haven't really solved that, that end of it just yet. I mean, you know, we ran on the tour for for Wayne Anderson. It was kind of the same way. You know, my brothers were changing tires. My dad was jacking the car. You know, uh, that's the hell of racing. So, um, you know, we're going to do it as a family. We're going to have fun. Uh, you know, I always say that if I, could, if I could win, you know, a race in my, in my family-owned car. Um, with the number 66 on the side of it, I know we all modified to a race that I can in my career. Um, you know, that would put the icing on the cake for me. So, um, we're really just looking to go out and have fun. You know, obviously we don't have the budget that I used to have or, or used to race on. You know, with the with the 16 team. Um, you know, but. That's not going to change my style of racing. You know, I'm going to go out there and try at one and win events and win shows and if the car, you know. Unfortunately, gets tore up for some reason. You know, that, that's, you know, all part of racing. You know, I'm not going to change the way I drive and, and the way I think because, uh, you know, we don't have the, the backing to fix it every week or whatever, you know. So we're going to go out there and just have some fun and, uh, you know, try and hopefully win a race and, and run in the top five. That, that's the plan.
1: Well, Timmy, before we let you go, I want to ask two questions that we asked Craig Watts last week uh and, and kind of get your take on it. The first about... Uh the new racetracks that are on the NASCAR Wheel Modified Tour schedule this year, Uh Jennerstown, Iowa, and obviously Martinsville, as it stands right now, going to be the opener uh, for 2020 if the COVID-19 pandemic is past us by then. First of all, do you have any laps at any of those three tracks? I know the answer is no for Iowa. Um, and second, what do you kind of expect at those three facilities, three really different marquee tracks that have been added here for 2020 uh, and races that are going to give fans a different perspective on how Modifieds compete?
2: absolutely. I mean, I think uh, the Martinsville Ed, and, and, and Jennerstown obviously, um, I think, are pretty awesome. You know, the Iowa deal uh, is definitely tough for lower-budget teams. I mean, it's not on our schedule right now for, for you know, going out there and, and whatnot. I mean, I think uh, it's going to be wild. You know, I mean, Martinsville's always been great the modified. Uh, Jennerstown was back, uh, you know, back a like, few years back when, when they were there. looks like a really cool racetrack, really fast. On my schedule to try and get to if business is going well, and we got got people that are, are willing to get their name on the sides of the car and help pay for tires.
1: Timmy, the other question we talked to Craig Watts about um, has to do with all these races in general. I know you're not going to run the the full schedule as of now, but still, kind of matters for you in the races that you run. Last couple of years, we've done group qualifying, um, and you're a guy that was around when we did single car qualifying. And this year, going back to single car qualifying, I mean, does it matter to you as a driver? Craig kind of saying last week, "eh, doesn't matter a ton." I think the same sing- he thought the single car might you know, kind of benefit him a little bit more, but does it matter as a driver whether it's group or single?
2: You know what, I I wasn't really a fan of the group qualifying last few years. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter as a driver, um, you know, but when I was a kid growing up and sitting in the stands watching, I'd go to Thompson and, and you know, you'd watch, uh, you know, I was always a fan of watching the guys that really drove it in and really didn't drive it in, you know what I mean? You used to sit there and watch Ted Christopher drive it in and, you know, you're holding your breath for the guy, you know. What I mean, you don't get that in, in group qualifying. You know, it's kind of boring almost to the fans' sake. You know, you're just watching guys ride around out there trying to lay down some laps. But, um, you know, I think the single-car qualifying brings back some excitement. Uh, you know, gets me jacked up in the seat because I want to be the guy that's uh, you know driving it down in there and laying down a So, um, you know, I think it's cool to go back to single car. It's What I grew up watching, and, and uh, I just uh, I think it just adds a little bit more to to everybody going out there in China to up the next guy. You know, so I think it'll be cool.
1: Fair assessment uh, by Timmy Salomito. Timmy, one more question uh, about what you kind of expect here. I mean, a family team. You know, a part-time schedule. Uh, I know you said you want to have fun. You want to run the best you can. Do you think, though, uh, as of now, that you're at the level with the piece of equipment you have uh, that you can go out there and, and be in contention to win some of these races in 2020?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Barron, we get all the right people in place. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why not. You know, I've always run pretty well on family. You know, family-owned equipment. Um, my dad is probably one of the best cars I've ever ever seen in uh any stuff. um you know we might be doing it out of a 24 by 24 garage um, uh, but you know i don't see why we can't go out there and run with these guys um you know my goal is to go out there and finish in the top five and and, and home in tech um you know a win would be like said the icing on on the cake for us so um you know certainly not out of the question um you know, it's just, uh, I won't be showing up in the big haulers or anything like that. You know, we'll be showing up in, in a small, uh, 30, 30 foot trailer with, uh, you know, mom and dad behind the wheel. So nothing wrong with that. I'm actually, uh, really looking forward to getting out there and getting racing with my family, and, uh, know, enjoying myself again.
1: Ten races or so in the tour. Any plans outside of that? Modified racing series, tri track. Is there anything else that we, uh, we need to know about Timmy Salomito for his racing plans in 2020?
2: As of right now, not really. I mean, uh, obviously, if the phone rings, you know, I'm I'm open to anything, really. Um, You know, it's a a different world right now. Everybody's looking for tires and expenses to you know. And, uh, you know, I come from a family that doesn't have a ton of money, but uh, we work hard. So, um, you know, if anybody's got an open seat, you know, I'll certainly entertain it. I want to go and race as much as possible, but... uh, You know, it's just uh, a different world now. You know, there's uh, guys out there that got pockets and and they'll dig in them to to put their kid or whoever in the car to go out there and run. You know, unfortunately, uh, we didn't grow up that way here on Long Island. But uh, like I said, if anybody's got an open seat, we'd love to get behind the wheel and have some fun and, uh, you know, try and win some races. But as of right now, that's really the only plans, um, you know, unless something else jumps up. As of right now, we're just going out to have some fun, 10 races on the tour, hopefully, and, uh you know,
1: we'll, well, Timmy's going to be busy uh, with his design uh, and graphics company as well over the uh, season, so that's going to consume some of his time as well. And we'll see him at the racetrack in 2020. Timmy, I want to thank you for spending some time with us. always a pleasure to catch up. Appreciate a few minutes uh, and wish you the best of luck in
2: 2020. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on.
0: Welcome back to Mainly Modifieds. Again, Tom Baker with you, and we are joined now by Kyle Souza. And, uh, Kyle, we just heard the interview with Timmy Salamito. Very revealing interview there. I was not aware that the concussion that uh, he suffered was to the degree that it obviously was, but it was really interesting to hear him talk a little bit uh about that and be so candid about it
1: yeah tom it definitely was uh first of all always good to catch up with timmy uh and happy to hear sure. it, as we heard in that interview uh that he's pretty much back to 100 percent. he in fact said I'm, I'm back to what i think is 100 so percent. that's great yeah, to hear it's good um and i talked to him a little bit off off mic um before we started the interview about the fact that you know concussions are obviously not an easy thing for any athlete to go through race car drivers included um, but he talked to me a little bit about, you know, listening to some other athletes talk about their concussions, um, hearing some athletes not talk about their concussions. He took the approach of, you know, being pretty upfront, uh, not only in this interview, but throughout the whole process. Um, right. And as a guy that runs a business uh, wrapping race cars, he had to kind of let his customers be aware. He's only one or two employees. He couldn't really do that much um, in the time of the concussion. And, and, again, just great to hear that he's doing better. A scary incident for him. Uh, and, again, a learning Experience, I think for all competitors, especially Tom, you've done indoor races. Those indoor races are a different breed of racing. They're really uh, difficult for drivers and and a wreck in the indoor. uh, And Timmy said it can actually hurt a lot more than it will in real life, just because of the containment of the seats and the way the, there's how small the track is and the way the barriers are in there.
0: Yeah, uh, for sure. Of course, you know, when I, raced indoors it was in a go-kart which we can have our own discussion whether that's a better or worse thing but um yeah i i agree because the speeds are very high in there and there's not a lot of room you know so if you get in trouble you're in the wall a lot faster and it's a lot harder to uh you know to avoid or try and sort of turn the car or whatever and soften the blow so um certainly uh, it is a, it is definitely a, uh, a rough environment indoors for sure. If you're going to crash, but, uh, happy to hear that, uh, he's back to a hundred percent and I'm sure he's looking forward to the season. I was also interested to hear him talk a little bit about, uh, what it's like kind of being right almost in the middle of, uh, the whole coronavirus situation and the epicenter of it down there in relation to trying to do business.
1: Right, and that, that's a difficult part for him. Uh, and, you know, we're all dealing with the, the COVID-19 pandemic in our own ways, right? I mean, you are sure. dealing with it in our own way. Yep. Uh, you know, like personally, a lot of the racetracks up here, obviously, have closed shop for a bit. Right. Uh, that's affected me. A lot of things down there in a the stay at Home order for you affected things down there, and that's the same way for everybody out there in the world, not just race car drivers, not just racing-related uh, folks. It's anybody in any business. Um, and Salomito actually saying, as you heard in that interview, You know, business is is pretty good right now because people have the opportunity to step back and get their race cars wrapped in preparation for whatever race season is coming, uh, however long it's going to be down the line. Obviously, the situation in New York, not fantastic, um, a little bit worse than it is in some of the other states, obviously. But, uh, yeah, good to catch up with him. Uh, Good to hear a little bit about what he has planned for 2020 with a part-time schedule uh, with his family-owned team and an LFR car that they purchased. Uh, Maybe a couple of other things on his horizon if he gets a phone call. Uh, from the right people uh, but good to talk with him good to talk modifieds again and, and catch up with him as he uh, hopes that we're going to go racing in the near future Tom and I mean we talked about this last week but uh, you know to be pretty blunt about it the start of the NASCAR wheel of modified tour season not coming anytime soon at least um, if you want to call soon in the next month or so South Boston back in March uh, rescheduled uh, earlier this month Uh, and that has not officially been rescheduled with a new date, but officials say they're going to reschedule that race at some point. And then the icebreaker uh, scheduled up at Thompson Speedway for April 3rd, 4th, 5th, which would have been this coming weekend, obviously not happening either. Uh, They've rescheduled that event for May 15 and 16 tentatively, and Stafford's Napa Spring Sizzler uh, rescheduled from the end of April to the end of May uh, on the final weekend in May. Obviously, everything kind of fluid here still, Tom. Martinsville's still supposed to open the tour season under the lights on May 8th. But, you know, to be pretty blunt, everything, again, fluid could change. uh, But right now, that's where we're at. We talked about this last week. That would be a pretty dang good start to a NASCAR Wheel Modified Tour season back at Martinsville and uh, in all Retrospect, under the lights, again, which the Modifieds have done before uh, when they had some kind of temporary lighting system, but now that they've got the full lighting system, should be uh, quite the spectacle
0: to see. Well, I agree. I mean, all of that is is certainly true, and uh, as of right now, it is important to note that nothing has changed with regard to the Martinsville date. However, um, with the recent uh, conversation that Donald Trump had with all of us last night, as we record this uh, on a Monday morning, it'll air on Tuesday night. But uh, uh, you know, extending the kind of chill out order uh, until April the thirtieth. Um, you know, we're on a a, a stay at home order until April thirtieth down here in the Charlotte area. Um, so you think about well, okay, so let's assume for a moment that. You know, on on April thirtieth, we get an all clear. Everybody back to work. It's May first, and you've got a a race on May ninth. Um, I don't know, uh, and I'm not I'm not saying that out of any authority. I'm saying it as I don't know if all these NASCAR teams are going to be able to walk into the shop on the first and be ready to go race a week later, even though the race is a local race. I mean, nobody's working on their cars. Nobody's doing anything at this point. Um, A lot of these uh, crew members, team members, are sitting at home without pay right now. So um, I don't know what to make of that. We certainly don't want to speculate. But it would not surprise me if, in fact, we ended up having to push that back And we didn't see a start to the season uh, until Charlotte, which is at the end of May. Now, of course, how that all affects your situation up there is an entirely different story. But just from the perspective of the Martinsville race, since it's kind of tied to a national race weekend, um, I, I don't know. Again, as of right now, everything's still intact, but you know, you, you'd you have to think at this point that we're, we're at least approaching a situation where we could possibly see a change in that somehow. Um, you know, I'm not so sure that we're going to see much racing until June, to be honest. But again, that's just all things I'm getting from different sources I have, and none of it's official. Um, it's a fluid situation, so you never know. But let's hope it, uh, because I love the idea of starting at Martinsville. I think if you've got to have the mess that we've had and, you know, we're kind of in a dark place in our country right now, and we're all, you know, uptight and we're, you know, whatever, a lot of emotion, um, to me, Kyle, no better way to come out of that than everybody to show up at Martinsville and have a giant party with Modifieds and Cup cars.
1: Yeah, it would be really uh, really, an awesome sight to see, uh, and, and just watching, scrolling Facebook earlier this week um, and and over the weekend where, you know, there's not a ton of things to do. Uh, so you scroll Facebook a decent amount, just right. watching some people put up some different things. I came across a, a I guess you call it a meme uh, of a bunch of people running into a pit area, and that's kind of what I envision uh, when some of these tracks open. It's just going to be like, uh, you know, Christmas morning looking presents under the table, but instead unloading race cars uh, for the first time. So. You know, we'll see how it goes, uh, hoping, obviously, first of all, everybody stays safe and healthy right. um, during this time. That That's number one. But number two, obviously, we want to get back to the racetrack. Um, you know, it's kind of inside. It's it's uh, it's killing me to not be at the racetrack <laughs> at this time of year, especially when it's this nice, uh, over the last week here. So uh, uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, NASCAR Wheel Modified Tour-wise, no other further updates, Tom. I can't share, as I shared last week, um, Tour officials, uh, you know, Jimmy Wilson and NASCAR, uh, joining together with car owners on the tour uh, about a week ago on a conference call uh, and sharing with them that as of then nothing had changed. They were still planning to go at Martinsville and they'd keep them updated. They have scheduled another call uh, for the end of April, uh, which will put us about a week and a half, two weeks before Martinsville. I think by then we'll get a really good sense of if that event is going to happen or not. I don't think this is going to be a three-day before We'll find out. I think by April 27, 28, you'll have a good sense of what's coming um, over the near future. So keep that in mind, uh, and we'll hopefully be able to talk tour racing uh, with some other drivers here right. over the uh, the downfall, that you know, a little bit of a delay that we've got. Speaking of modified Tom, though, I want to switch gears uh, a little bit on this week's episode and talk about the Tri-Track Open Modified Series. Sure. Uh, we've talked about it a bit in the past, the star-studded power that that tour has in their six-race schedule. Well... They joined the club uh, of the coronavirus uh, delays uh, this past weekend, uh, actually back on Friday, uh, announcing that their opener originally scheduled for the May 2nd date at Monadnock Speedway has been rescheduled. They've postponed that event to May 9th. Uh, so they backed it up one week And uh, talking with series officials, which would be uh, me um, as the PR director for the tour. <laughs> uh, who's,
0: in talking with me.
1: Yeah, in talking with myself uh, <laughs> and getting coordination with some of these tracks um, that we're going to be racing at in 2020, obviously that May 9th date, pretty fluid as well. Uh, that could change in, in a split second, yeah. um, it, you know, depending on how things go. So May 2nd, not going to happen. Uh, and that eliminates any racing through the first weekend in May uh, in New England uh, for all intensive purposes. So that doesn't mean that there wouldn't be a practice session at a couple tracks or something like that, but any actual competitive uh, auto racing, will not start at least until the second week of May when it comes to New England, that tri-track opener backing up to May 9th. If that event on May 9th, uh, not able to run, obviously you look at the situation again and you come up with uh, some type of other solution. So keep that in mind, race fans out there. And, uh, Tom, why don't we switch gears again? Uh, not much else to talk about with the tri-track modified series because there's no racing going on. Um Let's talk about another rescheduled date. This seems to be a trend, my friend, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: well, you know, again, this is what we're dealing with. And, you know, for for those listening to the show, we want to do our best to keep you up to date on what's going on um, and try to, you know, mix that with a little bit of uh, lightheartedness and entertainment because, let's face it, the other 23 hours or so a day that that, that you'll spend today, if you're watching any media, it's just all doom and gloom, and we... We don't want to be disrespectful of that, but we also don't want to echo it. So we're we're just trying to focus this on on what we know. And so um, we want to talk a little bit about uh, the New Hampshire Motor Speedway event featuring the uh, Act Tour, Pass Tour. Um, Kyle, what do we know at this point about uh, where that situation is going, and and how solid that is at this point?
1: Yeah, so we talked about this with the Tri-Track Series uh, and a little bit of background for those fans who are are not quite paying attention to what's going on in New Hampshire. Similar to you down in North Carolina, similar to me up here in Massachusetts, uh, the stay-at-home orders slash advisories are coming out in full force in in all of these states now. Um, And that's the case with New Hampshire as well. Their stay-at-home order goes through to May 4th. Uh, oh wow! And again,
0: so now they they have a stay-at-home order, right, in New that, Hampshire, which you have in Massachusetts. It's still only an advisory. Correct. So okay, I just want to make that distinction. Okay.
1: Right. So there, that that is correct. Okay. Um, at least as of our taping here, uh, it, it is still an advisory in Massachusetts. Not so much in New Hampshire, though. Uh, and you know, I'm not a government personnel, uh, but I do know that executive orders can be amended. Um, they could be changed, uh, but right now, May 4th, the date in New Hampshire that things will come seemingly to go back to normal, they say. Um, and that, that's going to affect that April 17-18 date uh, in the Northeast Classic that was scheduled in New Hampshire. They had a great day planned uh, with the Pro All-Star Series Super Late Models, the American Canadian Tour Weight Models, some street stocks, Modifieds, uh, and the mini-stock tour that Tri-Track Open Modified Series group of officials was going to officiate. Uh, a modified race that day. It was not going to be a tri-track sanctioned race, but they were going to basically have all the staff there as if it was. Um, And this event, obviously, unless barring some type of major catastrophe change uh, in the local government, is not going to happen either. Uh, And because of that, Act and Pass have been doing this uh, over the last couple of weeks. They've been putting out joint statements together. um, And they did it again last Friday afternoon, saying that May 8th and 9th, uh, we're set as makeup dates for the Northeast Classic if needed. Uh, they're still kind of waiting and seeing what's going to happen. Uh, I think, in a sense, hoping that the postponement of the executive order comes and they can just go racing April 17th and 18th. But they have announced that May 8th and 9th are the if needed makeups for um, that inarguable Northeast Classic. Uh, and again, stressing in their press release that the event has not been officially postponed. But recent developments uh, in the state of New Hampshire obviously have led to alternative dates uh, being set. And not only in New Hampshire, Tom, but that United States and Canadian border uh, temporarily closed unless it's right. non-essential yep. travel. Uh, and and I would say good 30 to 50% of these race games, not only with pass but with act, come from that Canadian area uh, down across the border into New Hampshire to compete. Uh, so that event also on hold. Uh, and it looks like that's going to be officially on hold uh, here in the next couple of days, but right now it's still on for April 17, 18, but those makeup dates set, uh, and in all intents and purposes, they're setting those makeup dates for good reason. Um, the other now- event that's probably going to be affected uh, for the Pro All-Star Series is April 25th up at the Oxford Plains Speedway, uh, past saying they're monitoring that as well. So these events, again, Friday and Saturday, April 17, 18 at New Hampshire, and Sunday, April 26 at Oxford, have not officially been postponed as of our taping. They're kind of waiting it out and uh, see how things play out.
0: Well, now you mentioned May 8th and 9th as the rescheduled date for the New Hampshire event, but then Tri-Track May 9th, and Tri-Track officials are working the New Hampshire date.
1: That is correct, and that is a fantastic catch. Uh, And a lot of people, uh, you're not the first one to catch that. A lot of people mentioning that. (laughs) Well...
0: Uh, Last, last I knew, we hadn't uh, perfected the cloning process yet.
1: That that would be correct. Uh, so as it stands, if that act pass event has to be rescheduled and it does run on that day, uh, and the tri-track race is also scheduled for that day, there will unfortunately be no modified race at New Hampshire uh, as part of that Northeast okay. Classic. And that that is that is a very important distinction to make. Um, and you're right. The same guys are officiating both, so unfortunately uh, they cannot clone themselves. Um, however... It is also important to note uh, that if that race does run and the Modifieds are not there, the event's still going to run. Um, they're still going to have Act Pass, Street Stocks, and Mini Stocks uh, on that May 8th and 9th weekend. Tri-Trap will run May 9th at Manatnock. And that actually, Tom, is not a bad thing. Uh, and I say that because the New Hampshire race, uh, the qualifying heat races on that Saturday race day, begin in the morning, and the features should be done by 3 or 4 o'clock and that will give race fans that go to that race just enough time to squeak across the state and get to Med-Ad-Doc, uh, for the race, the tri-track race, that night. So there is an opportunity if both of these events run on that weekend in the end that race fans could hit both of them in the same day, um, and that, you know, is going to be something we're going to have to monitor going forward to see how that plays out, but You know, looking forward to seeing how those schedules kind of morph. If some of these events do end up fully postponed, uh, do they reschedule them? Uh, And I think we can go back and talk about the Modified Tour in the same way. You know, if if the future of Modified Racing is not May 8th at Martinsville Speedway, uh, this tour schedule is going to be pretty packed. It already is uh, for 2020. A lot of drivers, a lot of race teams wondering what's going to go on, just like all of us. Uh, But nothing new to report on any of these fronts. uh, Modified Racing Pro All Star series, uh, racing with the pro stocks and super late models and actor racing with the late models. Everybody just in limbo, uh, right now. And I think that's the best way to uh you know, best way to kind of be, just to see how things play out well, and act in past saying in their statement as well, as we're saying, uh, you know, what's most important is everybody stays safe and healthy and try to stay home and, and get through this time.
0: Yeah. Well, there's no doubt. And and obviously that's what we all need to do, but I think, you know, it is important to kind of keep an eye on things and to point out some, maybe some differences in um, logistics and such. Uh, For example, if you're an, if you're the NASCAR cup series and you run uh, you don't run Martinsville when you're supposed to, um, you know, they they're talking about doing midweek shows. For example, it's one thing for them to try and do midweek shows Because, you know, these teams have full-time staff and such that can get back and forth and do what needs to get done. If you're the Wheel and Modified Tour or the Tri-Track or, you know, one of these other series or whatever, a little harder to, as we postpone more and more shows, it gets a little trickier, I would think, to make them up because, of course, it's not so easy for the teams on the wheel and modified tour to travel somewhere for a Tuesday or a Wednesday show, and then come right back uh, with a Saturday show somewhere else. You you know, a lot of these, these team members still work and, and have jobs and, you know, it's just a little different situation. So um, I think it is important for everybody to kind of keep an eye on things. And that's why I think you said earlier that we would know probably around the 20, 5th or 27th of April what the status of Martinsville is my thought would be I wouldn't be surprised if we knew something even a week or so at least before that because I think that um again that particular modified race would be sort of driven by what the Cup Series what NASCAR does with the Cup Series race I would guess Um So, you know, we'll have to wait and see, uh, on that one, but it's, it's definitely an interesting time and, um, you know, there's, there's really no way of predicting what's going to happen because we're kind of at the mercy of this virus right now. And, and we'd all like to know when or how, or, you know, whatever, but, um, it just isn't quite that simple. So uh, you do your best, and like I said, you try to keep an eye on things and prepare for things. But Timmy did make a good point, though, as far as car preparation. I mean, with all the time that we've got right now, um, it's uh, it, it certainly should be the case that opening day at all these tracks, well, by gosh, everybody ought to be ready because they, they're going to get extra time to uh, put the race cars together here.
1: Yeah, and that that's the general consensus that I get from a lot of these race teams up here in New England, not only uh, weekly guys at Seaconk and Thompson uh, and Stafford that have had an extra chance, but also guys on touring series divisions like the Modified Tour, the Tri-Track Tour, the Modified Race Series, Acton Pass, uh, some of them welcoming a little bit of a delay to start the year because uh, they weren't quite ready for the practice sessions that were going to come uh, to start the season. Others, obviously, itching uh, to get to the racetrack like me and you because we don't, we don't really set up the race cars. Right. I just show up to cover the race cars. Correct. Um, but on the flip side with that, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how some of these race teams uh, do operate the season and can share, Tom, from a promotional standpoint, not only with the Tri Track Series, but some of these other tours around here. Uh, And I think it's important for us to know there is a real general concern uh, about what racing is going to be like when it does get started, not only for race teams participation level, you know, some of these race team drivers and owners out of work right now. Well, Uh, that's, I was going to bring that up.
0: Yeah.
1: It costs a lot of money to compete Um, and and racetracks up here in New England. Some of them a little bit concerned that the the fan count may decrease as well. Uh, And when they say the coronavirus is 100%, you know, in the rear view mirror, you know, that's probably not going to be at least for a little bit here. Uh, and you might get some races while it's still kind of somewhat in the air uh, if it pans out that way. So that's going to be interesting to see as well, uh, to kind of see how some of these people prepare. Do some drivers only decide to run a limited schedule in 2020 and not chase the championship uh, because of funding? Do others of them decide to do it a little bit different way? Uh, that That's a whole nother Uh, debacle that could go down uh, once the racing season begins and something that quite frankly I don't think many people have really discussed thought about um, and and it's a valid point uh, for some of these race teams in New England
0: well and all over for that matter and even at the NASCAR level you've got teams that depend on purse uh, in large part to make payroll or pay expenses get to the next race etc and right now there have been no purses for a little while so um, you know, again, there are a lot of um a lot of team members, even at the you know, the NASCAR national series levels that are at home right now with no pay. And you've got um even organizations Penske announced that um you know he's cutting pay and um you know, several of the, the teams have um you know, cut pay by a quarter, whatever. NASCAR has cut its own employees' pay by a quarter. So You know, I I've talked about from the beginning with this virus that um, when they started shutting everything down, that the financial impact is going to outlast the virus itself. And, you know, I think that um, I think that's going to hold true, unfortunately, to what degree and, and for how long, who knows, my best guess would be that when you get the all clear, uh, you you know you painted a great picture. Everybody's going to run to the pit area for the first couple of weeks because yeah you know, everybody needs their fix. But um, I think everybody's also at the same time going to be evaluating you know how many times they can go to the track based on their own financial situation. So I think you'll see great crowds in the beginning because you know pen up demands, so to speak. But um, we'll just have to hope that the crowds and the car counts don't uh, drop too much, you know, once we kind of get into the summer a little bit, um, you know, I I don't know that we're going to have full seasons, but my um my thought is we ought to be thankful for whatever we get and I think um everybody ought to be already trying to look ahead to 2021 and start piecing that together. Uh, you know, there's no reason why the after effect should last past the end of this season. I wouldn't think, at least on the local levels, everybody gets back to work, builds the income up again. The national levels may be a little different. We may lose some lower level, lower um, impact, or lower—that's uh, not what I want to say—lower uh, financially capable teams um, for out of out of the sport at least for for this year, just because they can't make ends meet, especially if it's a shorter season. Um, but we'll see, I mean, again, a lot of it's speculation and all we can do is just hope that things work out and, um, you know, racers and the racing family is a very resilient family. We, you know, we come together when times are tough and you see, uh, over and over all over the racing community that, uh, everybody helps each other. So I think, um, I think we're going to see a lot of that this year, a lot of kind of trying to keep each other going and, And, um, you know, help where that is possible. And uh, we'll just have to see how the chips fall here. But, um, you know, at least as of right now, uh, some of the races we've just talked about still intact. And I'm sure that uh, that, you know, will change over time. But we'll uh, we'll keep everybody up to date. One one event that uh, a couple of events that we want to talk about, though, we've had this sort of trend, this surge of um, sim racing now popularity. And you know, it's been fun the last couple of weeks to tune into Fox and uh, Fox Sports One and watch the uh eNASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational series compete and it was uh it was cool yesterday to see uh Timmy Hill get his <laughs> First NASCAR win. I'm doing air quotes. Um, first NASCAR Cup Series win, and to see guys like uh, Ryan Priest and and Garrett Smithley, uh, you know, finish in the top five, um, you know that that's a lot of fun. But um, a lot of the other series have been doing similar things, just not nationally televised. Um, and you've even gotten in on the act with this with C. Conk and uh, Stafford uh doing some things talk a little bit about what's happening in new england with sim racing
1: yeah i know, i i can't tell you that i did not think at the end of march you know after a modified tour race was supposed to run in an icebreaker coming up on this podcast that we would be talking about i racing <laughs>
0: no but we're open to it because it's all racing and it's all fun
1: but we are here Uh, And it's relevant uh, and it's very relevant um, because obviously the situation, not warning racing at the track. And you're right. A lot of these tracks have just come to the determination that, you know what, we need to get some stuff together to get some of our competitors online and and get a viewership going. Uh, And we'll start with Stafford. uh, And they had a sponsor um, for, for the the first annual iRacing race, the Stafford 100 presented by Napa Auto Parts uh, this past Friday night, streamed it live on their YouTube channel. uh, And I got to say, over 6,000 people uh, tuned in at some point, whether live or after the fact, on their YouTube channel. So that, that's really good to see. Uh, and, and they had a full field, more than a full field, um, of competitors that competed, uh, starting from their NASCAR Knights and uh, the SK Modifieds, all the way down through their weight models, their SK White Modifieds, and their street stock divisions. All of these guys either had iRacing and just jumped on to compete in the session or didn't have racing and went out and got it. Uh, and it's not a cheap endeavor. Uh, and there were guys like Glenn Rehm, Chase Dowling, Brian Narducci, Andrew Moeller, Timmy Salamito, uh, Dave Rude himself, Max Zackham, Keith Rocco. I mean, the, the top cars at the Stafford Motor Speedway were in competition uh, on Friday night. If you have not seen it, uh, I, I do suggest you go to Stafford's YouTube channel, Check it out—it's you know somewhere around a two-hour broadcast in total. By the time they run practice, uh, some heat races, uh, and a hundred-lap feature, uh, there was a fair share of yellow flags in it, uh, and they were you know pretty uh, joking around about that on their social media channels. Uh, some of these guys mixing between guys that I race regularly, some guys I race monthly, right. some weekly, some daily. Uh, and Then you got others that don't I race at all, uh, and, and that's definitely not. Uh, A a great combination at times, at least to start things off, but up front, uh, really a good showing uh, for Stafford, not only uh, to get fans' attention off the COVID-19 pandemic, but to get drivers behind the wheel of something similar to a race car, second, uh, and third, to actually race it out. And in the end, it was Teddy Hoggen, their SK Light Modified champion of last year that's moving up to the SK Modifieds in 2020. Uh, picking up the victory glenn Ream, a regular in their sk division for many many years a former winner on the modified tour was second dylan Izzo, uh another one of those upcoming stars third chase dowling we know a lot about him uh he finished fourth and george beset uh a former street stock champion there uh an sk light driver now for 2020 finishing fifth uh on that front tom good to see stafford do this uh to kick off the weekend Second, it's good for them that they have the virtual Stafford on racing to utilize. Uh, So basically, it's their own track, uh, and and their drivers are well used to it. And third, they use the SK Modified division uh, in the race, and that's a division that they spearheaded and created. Uh, I'm not sure if you personally had a chance to take a look, but it was really, uh, again, not something I expected to see uh, at this time of year, but it's become the reality of the world we're living in right now, and I really think these racing events, at least starting with Stafford, a really great opportunity for all the race fans to have something to watch on a Friday and come back together and, and basically join in on some fun in, in a tough time.
0: Well, and that's exactly it. I mean, I couldn't say it any better than that. The uh, You know, you get people that, well, it's not real racing. I can't bring myself to watch people playing a game. It's not a game. First of all, it's a sim, it's simulated training, so it's a little higher level than playing NASCAR heat. No offense to the NASCAR heat fans out there, but um, there's a big difference between the two. But the other thing is, it's all about entertainment. It's the idea of this is not to nobody's being pretentious here. Nobody's pretending anything. Nobody's trying to make it a real race it's about entertainment and just getting the band together and giving the fans something to watch. You know, I don't think a lot of people realize that even with this NASCAR series that they're doing that we've been watching on, you know, FS one, the last couple of weeks, there's four races left in that series. And I hope they extend it uh, a little bit, to be honest, but um, there's no purse. There's no points. This is strictly the driver's, and the folks who are involved are doing this for, for the fans and, and, and races like this one at Stafford and the one at Seekonk, Um, again, same idea. It's just, well, if we can't go to the track, let's do something and have some fun. And I think we need more of that sort of thing, to be honest. And that's why, um, I mean, we enjoy doing shows like this even when everything is great and everything is normal and we're all going to the track. Um, we hope that those of you who enjoy this show are enjoying it even now because we're trying to obviously, uh, again, just racing content. We need things to listen to, things to watch, things to do. Um, so the more that uh we utilize technology right now in my opinion kyle the better and i think it's great that uh that stafford's doing their deal and seekonk as well
1: yeah uh let's talk about seekonk. Uh let's happening do on saturday afternoon uh and uh I, I didn't ever think in my life that i'd have a new title at the racetrack that was the iRacing event coordinator um <laughs> but somehow that managed to, to squeak into my realm of, of world opportunities uh, over the last week or so. In our event at Seacon coming together uh, really late last week, uh, it really didn't come together very early in the week. We kind of put it together uh, towards the end of the week. Hopped on board with Speed51.com. Uh, they've been broadcasting a lot of these iRacing events for everybody uh, basically across the country. Uh, Talked with them over there, got it live on Speed51, uh, and went through an intuitive qualifying process Beginning early on Saturday morning, we had 64 drivers uh, sign up, and that wasn't just drivers that competed at SeaConk in the past, but it was also drivers that are registered for 2020. Former competitors, either in one of the weekly series or in some cases a modified tour, et cetera. And we also had crew members, uh, and that includes guys that wrench on the race cars on the weekly basis, spotters, you know, people like that um, that were ready to compete. Uh, so again, 64 drivers. We started 33 wow. of them. Um, so we we sent home half of the cars uh, and weren't able. They weren't <laughs> able to compete. Uh, and we're a little bit different than Stafford. We don't have the virtual C-Con-Con I race. Right. Uh, so we had to go a little bit different route, and we went with the Oxford Plains Speedway uh, for a couple different reasons. First, they're a great track supporter. Great relationship between the two of us. So that was number one. Number two, some sort of resemblance of Seacock, a flatter track with, with tight turns and sure. you keep the wheel turned for the whole distance. And third, strictly based off the Oxford 250, we ran the Seekonk 250. Um, and we had an intuitive qualifying process with heat races, six heat races in the morning that set the field with a couple consies and a last-chance qualifier. Took the format that the Oxford 250 runs. And I instituted it on iRacing with our local competitors. Uh, And it worked out pretty dang well. Uh, You know, obviously, you can check that out. If you go back uh, to our track Facebook, check out Speed 51. The recap's up um, on the track website and track Facebook page as well with some photos from the event uh, of the cars. A lot of the weekly competitors from Seekonk had their opportunity basically to pull their Seekonk paint scheme and throw it on iRacing, and it looked like a Seekonk event. Uh, And we can't. You you can't really expect anything less at this point. These drivers are so committed to iRacing, uh, and we were as well. Great to see that. Ryan Kuhn taking the win uh, in the 250. He started ninth. Much like Stafford, Tom, a mix between guys that hadn't iRaced ever. I actually had a couple drivers that purchased iRacing the night before um, and and bought a wheel. Some of them even (laughs) bought a new computer. And I I swear, some of them went out and bought a brand-new computer um, to compete in this event. 64 cars, 33 started, Ryan Kuhn winning it, uh, and the battle at the end between Kuhn, a regular at Seaconk, winning the late model championship a couple years ago. He's the defending actor rookie of the year, coming back to Seaconk in 2020. And in second was his spotter, Tom Axum, uh, who actually competes with him on a regular basis from the spotter stand. They know each other well. They competed out for the win. Kuhn winning, Axum second. And in third, it was another spotter, Brandon Wilkinson, who spots not only for drivers at Seekonk, but also the Catalano family uh, on the NASCAR Modified Tour. So those guys finishing top three, and I swear the amount of prizes up for grabs, you would not believe. Uh, The sponsorship that came forward, the amount of track sponsors, the amount of people in the racing community that came forward, somewhere around $700 worth of prize money given out uh, after this 250 WAP event, whether that be in the form of gift cards to local venues, Strictly cash, gift cards to actually the racetrack for once we get running, T-shirts, a, a variety of different prizes up for grabs. Uh, really a lot of fun. Uh, and I can't share too much at this time about the future. Uh, not finalized, but do want to say uh, that there is a points championship schedule uh, for sim oh, racing wow. in the works at TCon. Uh, <laughs> there you go. So there's going to be a future to this. Uh, and I think not only at our track, Uh, But I think a lot of tracks are going to jump on this bandwagon, at least for April. uh, In the time being, we're going to watch a lot of iRacing and I hell I think it's a good thing. Uh, You know, we talked about it. There's a lot of opportunity here, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing what some of these other tracks jump on and do in the near future.
0: Now, you said that (laughs) Ryan Kuhn won, and his spotter finished behind him in second?
1: That is the case, yes. were,
0: Were spotters allowed in that race?
1: Yes, so we had a mix of local competitors that actually drive at Seacon Speedway. Uh, We had a mix of those from 2019, a mix of those that are going to race in 2020, and a mix of crew members from those race cars. So we had spotters. We had a couple guys that just simply work on the crew, changing tires, checking tire stagger that competed. We had a couple of guys that were just simply avid race fans of Seacon Speedway that go there weekly that hopped on and competed. It was a mix of a bunch of different guys all together. Uh, In the end, 24 of the guys that started are registered for 2020 to compete, and then the other eight or nine were either spotters and crew members or guys that had competed over the past, say, 75 years of racing that we're celebrating uh, in 2020. So that's the plan going forward with that as well, to kind of integrate everybody together. Uh, And again, I said it, much like Stafford, you have know, too many caution fights in uh, the <laughs> inaugural Seacont 250. Uh, we're not going to shy away from that. Uh, I was in the broadcast booth with Speed 51's Connor Sullivan. We talked about it on the broadcast, and I've said it here already. Uh, you know, there's going to be cautions uh, when people drive on iRacing. It's nothing like uh, the actual thing when you can feel the race car bouncing on the track, and you know what's coming. Uh, it, but on the flip side, it's very much like the real thing in the sense that the cars are very similar they drive very similar. You just don't feel the G-forces and the actual race car effects with your seat, seat, belts, uh, seat belts buckled tight uh, mm-hmm. that you would in real life. But I will say, through Facebook, uh, paying attention to some of the drivers on their Facebook feeds, there were multiple drivers that competed in the Seacock Racing event that had their helmet, their fire suit, and their racing shoes on while they competed on Saturday. <laughs> well. So that is, you know... <laughs> However you want to take that, I think that is amazing uh, that these guys took it that seriously.
0: But better that than racing in their underwear, like Matt DiBenedetto threatened to do for yesterday. So that's, uh, notice they didn't have an in-car camera on Matty D while he was running the race. We never saw that. Um, Okay, so I'm curious if the guy in second, who was the spotter, was spotting for the winner while he was also driving in the race. Do we know? Not, okay. not on this occasion. See, there uh, should be a spot. bonus if he could pull that off. That would be yeah. truly genius.
1: Yeah, he actually the spotter came from uh, came from the rear. He started thirtieth uh, and drove up to finish second. Ryan started ninth and drove up to win it. Uh, <laughs> Tom spots for him in real life. That's great. Uh, they have they have a great relationship on and off, you know I, I guess I say on and off the track. Now that they've competed together, on I right. um, but yeah, so it was great to see uh, two two upcoming. Uh, people in the racing community, Ryan upcoming uh, in the stands, that he's won a late model championship at Seekonk and now been rookie of the year in the Act Tour last year. Good stuff. His dad, Jimmy Kuhn, a former modified competitor in New England, former pro stock winner at Seekonk. I mean, these guys are uh, definitely been around a long time in the family. Uh, it was really good stuff. Good to see. Again, you can check out the replay of the Stafford race from Friday night on their YouTube channel. Uh, Not only do they have that replay, they've got a lot of their older races uh, and interviews spread on that YouTube channel as well. It's really a great opportunity to take a look. Seekonk-wise, go back to our Facebook page, check out the Speed 51 feed that we shared uh, from the race. And you can also check out our YouTube channel, Seekonk Speedway, where we've been airing once or twice or at some points even four times a week old races from 2008 and 2009 uh, from all of our divisions, one of them, the Modified Ranks. Back then with the Modified Race Series, we've had pro-stock races, street-stock races on our YouTube channel. Uh, and we're not the only track doing that. Stafford's doing it. There's some other tracks doing it as well. But trying to keep everybody involved, trying for people not to forget uh, about the race community, about the people involved in it, and some of the drivers. Uh, and looking forward, Tom, by the time we talk next week on here uh, for our next episode of Mainly Modified, I'm sure that by then there is a modified race that's been done again on iRacing. Justin your is trying to uh, figure out how to get all of the uh, modified tour drivers together or at least as many modified drivers as he can together to compete on iRacing. And if he can manage to pull that off, uh, he has actually confirmed to me that I can actually compete in that event as a reporter of modifies. So
0: we could... (laughs) A dignitary like Dale Jr.
1: That is correct. We could come back together at some point on this podcast and you could be talking to the winner of the inaugural... (laughs) Modified Tour Race on iRacing. So with that, Tom, uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode again. Uh, You know, we're growing a a base here. We had Craig Lutz on last week. We had Doug Kobe speak to us this week, Timmy Salamito. Uh, And next week, try to get somebody outside the Modified Tour. Maybe Ronnie Williams, an SK Modified competitor at Stafford last couple times there. He's won the championship. He's going to run a part-time tour schedule uh, in 2020. So already have connected with him. Uh, next week, we'll hear from him about what he kind of plans in 2020, what he thinks about this whole pandemic going
0: on, uh, and whether or not he might be
1: iRacing uh, here over the next month to kind of pass some time.
0: <laughs> well, it all sounds good. We'll look forward to that. And, of course, I'll echo Kyle's thoughts. Thanks to all of you who are listening. We uh, we would ask you, if you would, to please share this on your social media help us to uh get the word out obviously it's hard for us to reach everybody in the uh new england uh community motorsports community all at once so um if those of you who listen to the show and enjoy it will please take the time to share it across uh, your various social medias uh we uh, would be grateful for that and of course race chaser media has shows Five shows a week now that we're doing. Um, three of them air live on various uh, radio and TV um, networks and stations down in this area and across the country. And uh, we've got the syndicated show um, that we uh, air live on Thursday nights that runs on the weekends across the world on Sirius XM on Saturday nights. Stan Patrick Channel 211. That's the Motorsports Madness show. I think it starts at 7 Eastern. And uh, we're on American Forces Radio with that show and uh, a whole bunch of other affiliates across the country and all the digitals as well. And of course, you can find any of our content. If you missed part of this show and you want to go back and hear it again, you can just search Race Chaser Radio, Race Chaser Radio on your favorite podcast platform. We're on pretty much all of them now, all of them, bigger ones anyway. So, um, Feel free to check out the shows on demand as well. Thanks again for listening. And everybody, please uh, follow directions, follow orders, stay home, be safe. And we look forward to having you back next week for another episode of Mainly Modifieds. For Kyle Souza, I'm Tom Baker. So long.
1: You've been listening to Mainly Modifieds, the show where ground pounders and Northeast speed freaks come to get their radio fix on. The show is available on demand by searching Race
0: Chaser Radio on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Music, and most other major podcast platforms. Visit RaceChaserMedia.com for more unique motorsports stories
2: and radio content, and follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.